0: This is the epilogue Audio Experience.
1: Your hair is closely linked to your personality and often your confidence. Starting out as a hairstylist way back in the early 90s when it wasn't a popular career choice and eventually turning entrepreneur, would have required some of that confidence and courage. Welcome to Voice of Achievers with me, Yashika, as we sit down to explore self-doubt and confidence, personality and persistence, creativity and entrepreneurship, and lots more through the perspective of, well, your hair? Our guest... Oduna Babani is the co-founder and creative director of B Blunt Hair Salon and Academy and is one of the pioneers in the hairstyling professions in India. Born and raised in UK with her roots in Bengal, she's probably one of those few who always knew where she was headed, or should I say, haired. Oduna trained through a course at a salon in England and also participated and won a hairstyling competition when she was barely 17. She turned entrepreneur with her first hair salon in 1998 and brought hairstyling to the fore in cinema with the cult film Dil Chahta Hai. Today, with over 25 salons across the country and 30 years later, She's just as passionate about her career. And we really need to
0: find out how. Welcome to the show, Oduna. Thank you for having me, Yashika. So,
1: Oduna, this is the first thing that struck me. I was like, 30 years ago, when people didn't even know hairstyling could be a career choice, this woman, barely 17, knew in her head what she wanted to do and where she wanted to go.
0: How come? So I think first, it's fair to say that I was in a very different setting. So um, I was uh, born and raised in the UK. And at that time, when I was that age in the UK, hairdressing was um, a, a good career option. It was considered obviously a creative field, but there were many different ways in which you could educate yourself in the UK which I don't think is available or accessible perhaps not at the age of 16 anyway here in India. So who was sort of leaving school and starting hairdressing was in those days for me in the UK a fairly easy step to take. It was my mother who introduced me to The wonderful world of hairdressing because she's always been extremely particular about her own hair so i think she's very happy that secretly that i'm a hairdresser
1: (laughs) but you know initially when you're when you're dealing with subjects what do you want to become how do you arrive at a particular career choice versus the other do you do a trial and error or you're like wow i love uh, hairdressing let me explore it and then we'll deal with the rest later how do you arrive at this is going to be the path
0: my mother was a careers guidance counselor so uh, <laughs> you had one at home <laughs> <laughs> although i didn't have much confusion it was i have a twin sister she wanted to become a teacher she was very clear about what she wanted to do and even i became was very clear because of the introduction. I'd had at the age of 14, I had gone to the salon with my mom. I had loved the environment and I had also started to get that feeling in me that I'd like to earn some of my own money, pocket money, whatever. So I got a weekend job in the salon where my mom used to go for her hair. So that was the introduction to the world of hairdressing. So On weekends and on school holidays, I started working in the salon for two years before I before I sort of even decided that that was my career. So I got a really good flavor of what it's all about. I had physical work experience and, you know, that 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 sealed it for me. Um, it made me very clear about what I wanted to do. As soon as I could leave school, I left and I started my hairdressing career.
1: Did mom take you through a a, a test, a psychometric
0: test that comes in for the no, test? No, no. It's very weird because I, you know, we we uh, my mom ha- had this, this sort of environment at home where all of our friends used to be in our house, so she became guiding. Everybody else, all our friends, in their careers, but we, my sister and I, were both very set in in what we wanted to do. Um, it was it was funny because my mom was always the the the, the auntie who was offering, you know, career, career guidance count, uh, uh, advice to all our friends. <laughs> and the kids are like,
1: we don't need your advice.
0: We know what we want to do. Yeah. <laughs> it's very strange, actually.
1: <laughs> right. yeah. Oduna I was reading and I figured that while you were really confident and knew where you were headed, when you came to India and began this, you have said that there, are, there were times when people said that your way of working is probably very western, is something that may not work here, etc., etc. When someone is as young and is in a new country, in a new culture, and they're told that maybe this
0: will not work here.
1: How does it affect your self-confidence?
0: I think for me, those reactions made me more determined. I actually came to India for a holiday. That was my plan. I had gotten myself a new job and I had a three-month gap in between winding up my old job and working in uh, going to the new job. And the new job, by the way, was it was to work for a company who had been one of my sort of ideals of what I would like to be when I grow up. This was in the UK? In the UK. I'd worked in the, in the UK. With, I had a fabulous, fabulous mentor by the name of Tony Connell, who really took me under his wing. I was extremely fortunate to have met a person like that who shared his knowledge completely freely and openly with me. And as we talk later, I'll tell you a very full circle story about this gentleman. But he influenced my career greatly from the word go, gave me many, many opportunities. First of all, I worked as his assistant. And then I went uh, to work with him as he opened his new salon. So I got a lot of experience of, of the actual technical aspect of the work which I learned from him and the team that I was working in and I also got the opportunity to look at how how do you start a new business a new salon all on your own so it was it was uh, I obviously didn't realize this then I realized it in hindsight but the experience that I had did set me up for in future doing my own business when I landed up in India. In the beginning, it it was tough because I came to India not knowing a single soul. I just came with a backpack, a pair of scissors, and 500 pounds, and that was that. So I only had a limited time that I could. Fortunately, I met some wonderful people and who pointed me in directions, gave me introductions. I remember i trudged the streets quite a lot to meet people. Uh, introduce myself to people, show them my portfolio of work. And as you rightly said, people were not very keen because the work was very westernized. So while people were not rude, but there was no real opportunity for me. There was a very set look for makeup. There was a very set look for hair. And, you know, this is not even, I hadn't even touched the, the film arena at that time. This was purely in fashion and advertising where I was working so did. Um, I I met some lovely hairdressers and makeup artists along the way. Education had been in the hairdressing industry had been my passion. As I'd grown in my career in the UK, I finally ended up working as an educator for Wella in the UK and I worked for them for about three years before I actually left and came to India. So my passion at that time was to teach and was to share my experiences. And in India at that time, what I realized, I met more and more hairdressers, the hairdressing industry was so hungry to learn at that time. Um, so it was a very exciting time to have landed up here with my backpack and pair of scissors.
1: <laughs> did you ever feel did you ever feel that well, maybe if it's not working out and, uh, it's affecting my confidence, should I get back to
0: the UK? Okay, like I mentioned earlier, one of the, the jobs that I had got, I had been headhunted by a company and offered a job by them, which is why I felt so ha- happy and comfortable to say, uh, you know, uh, I'll take three-month gap and I'll just have a job to come back to and I'm set. And then you never know how things change. You know, I came to India and I just really enjoyed being here and i felt super independent 23 years old and i went out into the big wide world worked in london worked for wella as i said and then when i came to india i had absolutely no responsibilities i was young free and single and uh you could let your hair loose oh yeah very refreshing it was a big adventure i was in the fortunate Position to be—I um, don't mean financially supported, but but supported in in what I wanted to do, and what I wanted to explore. By my mom, in the sense of she never ever put any any holds on us. All three of us eventually left the country of our birth because because my mom was always so open about exploring your own career and options and. Uh, having your own adventures and creating your own stories
1: talking of which talking of exploration you mentioned that there were a couple of people who who provided internships who you worked under before really starting out on your own how important are internships before you really begin on your own how did it affect your
0: trajectory I think work experience, particularly in a, a career like hairdressing, which is about, essentially, it's about learning a craft. You know, you work with your hands, you work with your heart, you work with your head. And all those three things have to be in perfect harmony to, to be able to do, to do the job well. Um, you need experience as a hairdresser. You know, um, we can teach People the technical skills we can teach anyone the technical skills for hairdressing, but it's the head and the heart that actually make uh, combined with that with the craft that make the hairdresser. How does a hairdresser interpret a certain look? So everybody will have their own take and twist on it, and that's what's actually quite wonderful about um, the industry that we work in. That there is uh, freedom of expression. There is it's. It's something that you can express yourself very freely, but but you can learn hairdressing very easily. And then it's about what you sort of bring to that yourself as an individual. And it's very important to have people who will show you the way, but not tell you how to do it. And I think the mentors that I've had, I can, I'm really grateful uh, to have had them to. You don't really always uh, appreciate those things when you're in it, but when you look back and realize that somebody was had taken the time out to tell you, you know, if you don't practice this, you're not going to get it. And I really appreciate that today because the one biggest learning I have and what I try and share with my team and with people that I teach all the time is that, Practice is the only thick way that you can stay on top of your hairdressing game because um, you're only as good as the last haircut you did. <laughs>
1: uh, it almost sounds like it's poetry and it's freedom of expression and all of that. And you're talking about practice. Now, uh, it's funny because when we're talking about hair, a large number of us associate hair with our personality a large number of us associate hair, or the lack thereof, with confidence. Tell us, what does hair mean to you with respect to personality, with respect to confidence?
0: Well, hair for me is a miracle fiber. It is what I create my art with. Um, but but that's besides the point, because you've asked me, <laughs> um, how does it affect personality? How does it affect confidence. For the last 30 years, this has been a study, <laughs> something I've studied. So I think it's mirror, mirror on the wall, right? Because the first thing a client does when they visit a hairdresser is they sit themselves down in front of this mirror. And, you know, usually that is a private experience, you know, a person getting ready in their own bathroom or dressing room or you know, um, and it's usually just you and yourself in the mirror. But here there's a third party, (laughs) okay. And um, we try to ask people relevant questions that will give us the information that we need in order to create the best hairstyle for that individual in the quickest possible time. So there's a lot of psychology involved.
1: exactly i was like no better person than you to ask this question you've seen like there's a million haircuts i was like she's seen therefore a million personalities and a million people dealing with on and off their confidence so tell us how that works tell us some of your study inferences
0: so yeah i absolutely agree one of the biggest things that we teach in our training is uh, that to listen to be a uh, become a good listener because headdresses are famous for talking too much um, <laughs> and they're they're always portrayed as loud and great you know vivacious characters so you know they do have this reputation of talking too much and 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 what we've learned over the years is that as well as being a very approachable person and somebody who the client feels comfortable to speak to and talk to. You also need to learn the art of good listening, you know, because people do express their feelings, as you had said to me, that you know, um, nonverbal signals. So, we also talk about that in our training and we look for those nonverbal signals in our client. For example, somebody who has fine hair will sit in front of the mirror and uh, they may not say it, but they will. Put their hands on top of their head and they will do a movement with their hands that says, I want volume. Or, or somebody with very voluminous hair or frizzy hair or full hair, thick hair, will do the opposite, you know, push the hair down flat. They don't want to see as much. So, so, so we also learn to read these signals and then ask the right questions. And of course, listen to what our clients have to say some clients do share an awful lot more than we need um so so we try to guide the conversation around you know what are your hair care needs and how can i help you sort of take care of your hair at home and we try and uh, to create suppose the client is in our our chair for you know 45 minutes in total you know An hour, their whole salon experience. You know, we try to make it about getting as much information out of that client as we can so that we can help them with whatever their concerns are. And, you know, if you are fortunate enough to get a client who talks to you freely and openly, then it's brilliant because you can try and really design a look that's specific for that individual, you know in in your
1: life when you've sort of moved you moved from being a creative individual to an entrepreneur and that i would say is a shift what does it take for a creative individual to go through that movement and move on to or graduate
0: to an entrepreneur what did it take for you it felt like it was a natural progression for me talked earlier about personality and confidence in relation to your hair but I think the years of experience and practice built my confidence and I was able at that time because I had the support of my brother. uh, We were both quite young at the time this happened when we decided to start our business. But he sort of said to me that I'm prepared to sort of handle the business side of things. If you're prepared to handle the 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 creative and you know training the people and the the product basically, and thirty years ago I thought that sounded like quite a good deal. So I said, I said yes, I said yes. So it was his idea. To be quite honest, I remember we. uh, we used to share an, a very small uh, little Bandra uh, apartment at that time, my brother and I. We, Preeti Zinta was our, our next-door neighbour. This was very early, very early on before, you know, um, before anybody got serious about their work. So we had this little book, my brother and I, and it was a notebook, and we wrote, we'd written down reams and reams and reams and reams of things in our notebook. And eventually, those things we may they they came into fruition, and it was it was good. It was, it was great to look back at that book. Actually, it was great to look back at that book. I think Ash still has the book. It was our first business uh, notes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> talking of uh, talking of business and talking about that book, actually, tell us one thing that you think was your dream and. Has been achieved, and maybe one or two things that that were hard for you to deal with in the
0: initial parts of your career as in as a creative entrepreneur. I think um, I, I think when when uh, as a as a creative person to becoming an entrepreneur, I think there's one huge factor that has to be there, and that is that you have to be not afraid to take risks. That's the mindset that you need. But the risk you take about investing your whole life's money into your first ever business is, is huge. And, and we we sort of, we took very small loans from some personal friends. And uh, I, think, I think what happens when you do that, when you start off is, is, is you suddenly realize that you're committed now, you know? No. this is getting real now it is real <laughs> it is it is a commitment and that is when uh, it all starts to get serious you know um it, it it was it was funny because that that time the time around the time that we made the decision to go into our own business was also the same year that I was. Immediately as we took that decision, I also had a baby. So I had two babies, in, the, in fact, in the same, uh, the same pace of time. So it really took a lot on at that time, quite honestly. The, the business was a baby and I had an actual baby whose first stop from the hospital was via the salon before she went home. Although uh, that's how committed you have to be to your new uh, project, you know I mean it, it was it was a decision that we took to give it everything that we that we could and we managed to, uh, you know do some things different then. And I think the philosophy that we had in our little blue, blue book, um, the fact that we sort of Osh and I were very aligned on what kind of a business it would be what kind of mentors we wanted to be, what kind of, you know, we, because of the influence of my mom when we were very young, that we should create not just a business, but we should be able to create a career path for anybody who's working in that business. So our goal was not just one salon. Our goal, were, uh, back at that time, I mean, it was literally written like this in the blue book it was, to create an army of kick-ass hairdressers in India, that was our goal. That was our goal. I mean, um, you know, as we've grown up and become more professional, we, i don't think we're allowed to say that anymore. But um, so we've changed it. <laughs> but this—that's what—that's what we wrote down as our goal. No, so and and I think we we have achieved that, and that is because we had a very very uh, intense uh, training program, which was developed by Osh and myself in the early days. Osh was at...
1: You developed Osh, the curriculum yeah. and the program yourself from Absolutely. scratch?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely from scratch, yeah.
1: So talking of that, Audhuna, and talking of relationships, there are, there are two aspects to this. One is your relationship with your brother who is now your business partner. There is a relationship at stake in that boat between business and personal relationships. That's one aspect of it. Tell us how you dealt with that.
0: So I think, to be very honest with you, um, Osh and I have had a very strong bond since since we were children. I wouldn't have put this kind of trust in any other person on the planet. I've always known that, and and I think he also has the same comfort and knowledge that we... We'll always have each other's back no matter what. And over the years, you know, business and life does to take its toll and has its challenges. But we have a clarity on what is our priority. And our priority is a good relationship as family. You know, the salon has the salon and the business has been, you know, very kind to both of us and has enabled us to do the things that we've been able to do today and meet the people and interact and learn and grow. And it's been, none of us were, neither of us knew business. We've learned that as we've gone along. So there's a mutual respect for each other. I think there, that there are times when, you know, we clash, but that's, I think, normal. How do you, how do you figure that out? How do you figure conflict? So the, the conflict never becomes so hardcore that we can't talk it through. We have that clarity of an understanding of the bond that we have as brother and sister. Of course, now we both have our individual families. There are a lot more priorities that we have to take care of that, that come before even my relationship with my brother. But we do have a very solid understanding of of that family bond. And I think that's what has been, uh, that's what's held us together. And I think that there does come a time, there has been times, and I'm sure there will be times in the future as well, where you take certain decisions. I know I have taken certain decisions based on that being more important than the, business as a as a picture yes yeah, so there's times when you i mean maybe you don't even talk about it anymore but there are things that you do and sacrifices that you make that you do because it is that person is important more important to you than the business itself
1: interesting but uh oduna when that grows and today as we speak there are seven directors at uh, at B blunt and uh, these may not necessarily be family when that grows, how does one maneuver the boat, the ship, especially the one who's been the founding
0: team member? Yeah, so it's 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 not easy. Um, like I said, you know what's been wonderful about our growth is that in each in each new area, in each new step, in each stage of the growth, we have. Encountered and worked alongside people that we have always felt like we have learned equally from. So, uh, uh, you know, one of the biggest advices that I would give to a young person, and I, and I've said this quite a lot over the last few years, is that always try to work with people who have different a different skill set to you. Like I think possibly why Osh and I have worked so well is because hairdressing was my thing and he was handling the business aspect of it and and you know absolute hats off to him because he actually sat down and he became our first ever official academy student he sat down he learned to cut hair and he worked on the salon floor and the reason that he did that was so that he could understand the mindset of the person with people working in our team Um, so he didn't he, he became a very successful salon stylist and did it for as long as, uh, his, as he had the space to. Uh, now, obviously, his strengths and, and, and his focus is more on the business and growth and development of that. But he's worked on the floor as a salon stylist. The other seven directors come from, the other directors come from various backgrounds because we, you know, even though it might sound like a crazy scenario to have seven directors. It is um, crazy, I would say. It's crazy, but we've, uh, we did, it's been a really brilliant bunch of people working together. There's been some distance in countries, so it's good. Um, and there's different experiences coming from a- each and every person in the group, which makes it so, which has made it, I feel, very holistic. After, after myself being the hairdresser, we then met Avon. Osh and I met and worked with Avon contractor. She joined us almost, she joined us back in 1998 and she was there almost from the day we opened our salon doors. She worked with us for many years and became a partner in our business before we met any of the other directors. Arvan, um, you know, is, is somebody who has worked and taken the B Blunt name into the arena of film. And has really sort of made a mark for herself and inadvertently for the company because of her the fantastic work she does in film and uh, advertising. And she's taken that sort of vertical of our business to where it is today. And she's for many years I've taken the credit for creating Dilchata Hai the hair and to to be honest with you, at the time of Dil it was when I was expecting my first child. And while I worked together with Avon on the ideas of the film, I traveled with the film and all of that, Avon was the person who actually executed all the looks on set and created the, the, the massive, massive turnaround in a film where the hair... Was recognized as a, a as a as a vital part of character creation.
1: Um, exactly. Yeah. I mean, with uh, Dil Chahta Hai, definitely, I would I would have to agree with you that it was a culture change altogether because the hair came to the fore with so many people, so many characters, and so many different hairstyles. So, I would definitely have to agree to that. But again. Uh, when you're dealing with these seven people, with these seven different kinds of people, how does it work? Is there, you said there is. there are so many ideas, but there's also chaos, isn't there?
0: Yeah, I mean, I work pretty good, pretty well in chaos. Actually, <laughs> I, I enjoy, I enjoy that lots of things are happening and 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 that we are creating more possibilities as we go. Of course, sometimes it's trial and error. But the rest of the team, uh, you know, besides Ash, uh, Avan, myself, neither Ash or I had ever, you know, had a very good handle on. And so having those minds around the table really uh, helped us to take our brand to the next level, which is when we uh, sort of got into partnership. We, we, we these, these four people came on as, uh, as a first stage. We'd already been in business for quite some years then. And then a, a, a couple of years later, we joined forces with uh, GCPL a Goldridge.
1: Talking of growth, Oduna, because these people came in together, joined forces and helped uh, the organization grow. When when we're looking at a career spanning almost 30 years, how does uh, an individual, how do you measure growth in a creative career? How do you see that I have come from point X to point Y?
0: So I think it's very it's very difficult, you know. And there, there have been certain times uh, throughout my career where I've felt like, you know, that I haven't sort of really looked up or come up for air. You know, I've just been going, 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 trying to make sure that I'm 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 a I'm an empath. So I'm always trying to make sure that everybody else is okay. And uh, that, that, that consumes you, it, it has consumed me at many times. And um, I think it, uh, you know, I think, as you grow older, maybe a little bit wiser to become a little more conscious and aware of, of, and if you can do this earlier on in life, obviously it's beneficial uh, to be conscious and aware that you you have to step back from your work sometimes and say, and look at it from an outside perspective and say, and acknowledge what you have achieved. You know, because you will have achieved something, whether it's change or whether it's progress or whether it's, uh, you know, your own definition of success. And I'm sure that's very different for, for many individuals. But So do you,
1: take, do, you take, uh, do you take it like that? Do you take a break after a couple of months or maybe some time and step back and then look at yourself and introspect?
0: So I try. Let's say that I try to do that. Um, it's not always possible, you know, a working, a working mother, for example, rarely gets time to use the bathroom on her own, and let, let alone introspect, you know, so, so there are times in life when you don't really get the time to do that. But, uh, you know, as my children have gotten older, as they've become my teachers now as well, you know, it, you do it, you do it because it's what you learn as you grow older and you sort of calm down a little bit.
1: You're now dealing with uh, not only your children, but also a whole young bunch of young people, maybe children of a certain kind through your academy. How do you blend these energies? You're coming from an experienced point of view, a perspective of having seen things through the years. And then there is this new energy, this new vibe that comes in. How do you deal with that? How do you balance it out?
0: I've always enjoyed, really enjoyed feeding off that energy and that vibe. And I really think that the young people in our team can give me a perspective of, you know, what is the word on the street? What is the, uh, what is happening? What do the people really want? Like it's, I'm, I'm a little removed from that because of how my own job role has developed. I don't work on the salon floor as much now. So I look to my young team members to share that with me. And I am like, you know, I would actually invite them to the director's table. That is the way I look at it. I think there is always going to be something we can learn from the next generation. I mean, you know, I, 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 I'm in awe of my own children and what I've learned as, as a human being through being their mother, you know. So I'm very, very open to change. And I think we have to invite the young people to the table uh, when decisions are being made, when important decisions are being made. And I think it's time for that that, that change. And, uh, you know, it, 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 if I had my way, <laughs> I would, I would have that think tank. Um, it's something that we, we do intend to do uh, more of. Um, and I think uh, you see, we're seeing it globally, right? I mean, w- world leaders are now becoming younger and younger. Many more women are making those decisions and things are changing. And if we are not willing to change, then I think um, it's time to quit because it, you know, it's going to happen. So either we embrace it and work with it or we uh, die.
1: (laughs) So tell us, when when you're looking at, say, hiring a young person or training a young person, what are the characteristics that you look at in a young individual? Could be from a hairstylist perspective or could be in general, what are the characteristics that you're seeking as a recruiter?
0: So I think many years ago was when I was directly involved with recruiting. And at that time, I used to look for, you know, obviously a basic understanding of uh, common sense. (laughs) Um, But I used to uh, look for somebody with potential. That That was how I would determine my choice because... Because of what we've studied in hairdressing now I can teach anyone to use a pair of scissors but what what each individual brings that brings to the table themselves is what makes the difference right what is the personality? How does that person gel with the team? will they be a team leader? Will they be a good influencer will they be somebody who, uh, has a positive effect on the other team members, or will there be somebody who's constantly late, who's never willing to contribute? And these are the things, because you, hairdressing is a job where you're, it's a very physical career. You're standing on your feet all day, you know, you have to be absolutely polite and pleasant all day, no matter how bad a, a day you're having. Um, you don't often get to eat your food on time. You may not even get food at all if it's uh, a busy day in the salon. And these are there are a lot of stressing factors to the actual job role. So you need somebody who is, uh, you know, uh, a sort of um, able to put, put their own things aside and be professional and work as part of a team. So, you know, uh, as we've grown, and I think now we all have learned as a company, as a brand, that the right balance of head and heart is what will give us the best results, you know, for, on all sides, whether that's the management's approach, whether that is the, the person that we're bringing in to join our team.
1: Absolutely. One thing, Oduna, or, or maybe two, but as you look back at this career trajectory of 30 years what is that one thing that you feel that you have learned in these years of being in the profession
0: there's so much there's so much that I have learned but there are two things that I love to quote all the time and so I'm going to share them with you the first the first one is that you're only as good as the last haircut you did And the second one is a a, a quote by Maya Angelou. And that goes like this. It says, people will forget what you said, they will forget what you did, but they will never forget how you made them feel. These two things are really notes to myself and things that I share with the people who train in, in our team. And I keep on saying them, and I keep on saying them because I think that, um, you know, the, the kind of work that we do is very much about appealing to another's emotional wellness, emotions, if you like. So we have to be attuned to that. And that is why, I mean, I've learned that through experience and by. Trying to share those things that I've learned with people early on in their career, I hope to save them some heartache.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what does achievement mean to Oduna?
0: You know, I, I I knew you were going to ask me this question, and um, I, I I I pondered it a lot because while I have said so many things that would make you feel that I've you know. Recognized and acknowledged the, the achievements that I've had along the way. I think it's always been, again, my amazing mother who's uh, who's made me look we'll take that step back and say, give yourself a pat on the back, give yourself a break. You've done great. Now, to have that support has been absolutely crucial to my growth and development, you know, and I I, I think that, that if everybody had that kind of positive support, then the world would be a different place. That's achievement, I read the dictionary. Of... <laughs> what it actually says is a thing done successfully with effort, skill or courage. And I think one uh, that should be slightly changed in the dictionary, because I think it should say effort, skill and courage, because I think as an entrepreneur, you really do need to, uh, you know, you really are somebody who is prepared to put yourself out there and take a risk. And, and, And I think that it's very important also that you have to learn the rules of the game that you're in. You know, uh, this is one of the things, I and mean, that's how you know that you have achieved something. And that is how you can measure your achievement. And, you know, the, the, the wonderful thing about the industry that I am in, the hairdressing industry, is there's many wonderful things about it. But one is, um, it is, you know, there is no bias or everybody's welcome you know, not, not, doesn't matter your creed, your color, your religion, your, you know, your uh, uh, sexual orientation, everybody's welcome in the hairdressing industry. And so that is one of the things that I truly love about the industry that I work in. The other thing is that there's always something new to learn. I'm currently inspired by um, the, the, the last time we went into lockdown, um, I started looking for where I could learn more hairdressing skills, and I found. Are you serious?
1: You started looking for where you could learn hairdressing skills for after all these years.
0: Learn, learn something new. Learn be inspired by another person's philosophy or by another person's approach to, to the craft. You know, because there are many. Uh, while while hairdressing is a you know a skill, there's many more ways. To approach one subject, so you might have somebody who, uh, 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 just to put it simply, you can you can start a haircut from the front or you can start it from the back, but you can still create the same shape. Same with a maths problem, right? There's not only one formulation. So, I looked for um, somebody to inspire me, or something that I would could could catch on to last lockdown. Learn a new skill, practice my, uh, you know, update my skills because it's. So I, I I got introduced online to an online learning portal, which is. Uh, created by a gentleman called Gianni Scumaki, who is my current uh, inspiration. Just feels like I've had a very, a very one-on-one learning experience, and I'm super grateful to that. And I actually got introduced to his work by somebody else who I've recently, in the recent years, come into contact with. And this takes me back slightly to a story I told you in the very beginning, which was the gentleman who taught me to cut hair initially. His son, who I watched grow up in our salon while I was working, has now become a hairdresser and he's a very experienced hairdresser and he is um, maybe about 10-15 years younger than me. By interacting with him re-energized my my desire to learn uh, because of the full circle. So. His dad taught me now he has inspired me in many ways to look back at my own work and say where can I can where can I improve Tom Connell has inspired me to relook at what I know and it's been a fantastic uh, experience it
1: truly is the circle of life it looks like lovely and uh, so so happy to have you on the show. Thank you, Aduna, for sharing all of your experiences so so effortlessly with us. Uh, It's
0: been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for having me, Yashika. My pleasure.
1: Thank you for listening. These are hard times. So just hang in there. Stay close to your loved ones. Stay masked up. Stay indoors. And keep listening. Voice of Achievers via Epilog Media or on any platform that you may be listening to like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, etc. Stay home, stay safe.